Hello, and welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, a show for people who want to take their personal training businesses and fitness coaching skills to the next level. Team Alloy has been in the personal training business since 1992 and share their insights from working with businesses and brands around the world. Listen in for secrets and tips on running a successful fitness business from personal training, marketing, staff management, scaling your business, and everything in between. If you are interested in having your own personal training business, our systems are well-developed, and we are focusing on very discrete segments which we think are the secrets to success. Now, let's get started with our host. Joel, welcome. Hey, how's it going, Rick? Doing well. I'm so glad to finally get you on here. Yeah, it's good to be on here. So for our listeners, this is Alloy's only, one and only. Well, he doesn't really belong to Alloy, but Joel Eby, Dr. Joel Eby. That's right. Don't That's get right. it twisted. That's right. We just call him Doc. So <laughs> Joel, Joel has been with, uh, with Alloy as an independent business owner. So he runs a physical therapy clinic inside of our facility. And we've had that relationship for what? It's been a little over 12 years. Has it really? Yeah. God. Yep. May of 2008 is when I started here. Every yep. time uh, I see a picture of your kids like posted on social media, they're like driving car. Or I'm like, right. what is going on? I mean, I know everyone says this, but it, it really has flown by. It really has. It really has. But yeah, we were we were the first. The gym PT is a thing, but we we kind of we were one of the first. Yeah. Word. You guys hear that? First. First for everything. But listen, uh, Joel has a doctorate in physical therapy. Comes from Pennsylvania. Did you go, you went to Slippery Rock. Slippery Rock University for physical therapy school. Yep. Yep. And so super sharp guy. And the thing I love about Joel is, as you know, there's a spectrum of, you know, clinicians, if you will, in every type of uh, medical profession. And Joel is, he runs an interesting business model. So for those of you guys that are PTs that, that want to understand how to run what you call a cash-based business, yeah, right? cash practice. Yep. Yep. You got to be really good, by the way, to do that because you're you're basically telling people, hey, you're going to pay cash for this, and if you get reimbursement, then good on you. But my services are worth it. I'm an expert in what I do, right? And you know, then you're going to have to monetize that accordingly. So it's not an easy business model to run. You really got to know your stuff. And when I really when I say that, what I mean, and this is what I'm saying about you, Joel, is mm -hmm. that you're very progressive, like in my mind, right? You you aren't just taking the six visit for ACL reconstruction. I mean, you're bringing people in and you're getting them from injury to functional, like fully functional, not just six visits. See you later. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different model in that what I tell people, it's pretty easy to actually get people's symptoms to go away. Right. There's a lot of tools for that. And a lot of times that's where healthcare providers stop, right? It's like, Oh, you're feeling a little better. See you later. But then you just go back out there and you typically have the same problem again because you don't actually ever really fix what the problem was in the first place. So it's kind of a three-step plan. It's like help get rid of the pain, fix the problem. But then even step three is actually can we return you to full function at the same level, if even not better, especially if you're an athlete, right? It's so being in, that's the progressive side of it is you have to be able to have that knowledge to be able to, with different athletes, take them, help take them to the next level of performance, really. Yeah. Which is, again, again, it's kind of outside the framework of what we to see in traditional physical therapy, where you're really limited by the number of visits that your you know insurance company will pay for. Right. And there's not much thought beyond that. So if you guys are listening to this, understand Alloy and the way we program, Imagine like Joel taking someone from injured to fully functional and then doing a handoff to someone like us where we would take them long term, you know, and just work on fitness overall. But you can't be fit if you're dysfunctional, right? If you have pain and you have bad movement. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of times just giving people the confidence to fully return back to the gym, right? Making that transition. So there's a lot of people, even people who aren't working out, who are like have a history of some issues or have some pain. And they're like, you know, my doctor's telling me I need to work out, but I don't know how to bridge that gap. Yep. Right. And so I bridge that gap for them. I'm like, all right, let's take care of some of those little issues, some things you're, you're worried about. Now let's make you really strong and confident. Then we'll turn you over to fitness professionals and you are confident going in because I have the background knowledge to actually teach them a lot of the stuff that you're doing on the fitness side of things. Right. right? And so I'm like, here's the moves you're going to be doing in the gym. You're going to do them with me first and then we'll actually load, load you and then we'll turn you over to the fitness side and they can take it from there. Yeah, I love it. And so <laughs> in keeping with that, right, taking people in that are having some pain, getting yeah. them back to function and in this case the gym again you coached you know you do a lot of road cycling and just there's a million ways right to exercise but number one thing that we see for pain especially in in people that are getting a little longer in the tooth right is back pain and i would say as coaches or personal trainers i mean i've had the business since 92 that's the most prevalent injury that we see is some type of back pain and I, i forgot what the statistic is you may know but there's some huge percentage of people that at some point in their life are going to experience back pain. Yeah, it's massive. It's about 80 to 85%. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I knew it was a, a huge number. All right. So that being said, let's yeah. dig in. Let's talk baby got back yeah. all yeah. day. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So what do you see from your lens? What are the mis- the biggest misconceptions about back pain? So the biggest misconception I would say is that people feel that working out and lifting they think that is what is going to cause the back pain. Like that is the biggest thing, right? They think it's, and it's weird because, and, and we'll explain throughout this podcast, how it's actually the opposite of that. Wait a minute. Stop right there. (laughs) You mean I don't have to stop lifting any kind of a load if I have mild back pain? Yeah. I'm being facetious, but, but that's great to hear. And so go ahead. Sorry. Because I want to make sure everybody understands, like here is a doctor of physical therapy saying the exact opposite of what, you may think that you need, which is to stop all loaded lifting or any kind is exactly the opposite of what you do need. So I just want to make sure that that point gets hammered home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's especially with people who've had a history of low back pain. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, if someone does injure their back, which does happen, you know, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what that means, but there is a time where you want to take it easy for just a little bit, just like you would take it easy if you pulled your hamstring or, you know, you cut your hand or something like that, right? You got to let things heal a little bit, but the long-term solution to low back pain is loading the back and having a strong back. I mean, that is, that is the key misconception, not the opposite of I'm just going to try to avoid my back for the rest of my life. Right. And I think when people hear load the back, you know, Mm -hmm. I think maybe it conjures up visions of like heavy barbell deadlifts and things like that, but that's not it. I mean, I think we talked a little bit off Mm -hmm. air before we started that like movements are movements, right? And some are at a lighter load, but they mimic the same human movement. That's what we always talk about levels of fitness. It's like, we're not coaching a lot of, you know, high level Olympic lifting, but we might coach like a med ball clean and press overhead. And people are like, well, you know, you don't need to be doing that if you're 50. I'm like, well, do you not pick up a something off the floor and then put it on a shelf above your head? It's kind of the same. Yeah. It might happen slower, but you still need to know how to move that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, deadlifting and squatting are movements that you do every day. Right. And I mean, it's like, who doesn't buy a case of water? Who doesn't buy a bag of dog food? Who doesn't travel and have to move their luggage around laundry? You know, you, who doesn't say, Hey, can you help me lift this ice chest into my trunk? Right. All those things. 
And so the key is to really be strong in those movements. And, and I mean, there is a place for physical therapy clients as they progress through their treatment to put that bar on their back, depending on who they are. I mean, that is, you know, we want them to actually be strong and to, you know, deadlift with a barbell too. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think one of the things that, that I really wanted to ask you is, is certainly through the lens of like coaches or personal trainers, it's hard to um, manage the reaction that clients have around back pain. So you, you do a great job of this. I've heard you communicate for years, so many ways. And we, we rob a lot of your explanations because they're so thought out and usually very to the point yeah. and effective. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, why do people have such a strong knee jerk reaction? And what would you, what would you say to them? Yeah. So because back pain is so prevalent, everybody knows someone who's had really bad back pain, right? It's like, oh man, you would not believe it. You know, and so they're, and what's crazy is they'll relate, they'll relate themselves to somebody else who has like nothing to do with them, right? Or just mildly, right? Like, so, I mean, this is an extreme exaggeration, but it'll be like, hey, Joel, you would not believe this, right? Like, my back is killing me. And I don't know if you knew this, but my, like, my great aunt Edna, she had horrible back pain, horrible. And, and, and like, and in fact, like, I she, feel like I've had this conversation 10 right, times. Right. And it's like, you know what? And I think she actually died of low back pain. And you probably didn't know this, but like when we looked at my baby picture and her baby picture, we looked alike. So pretty much right there means that I have the same spine as her and I'm most likely going to, you know, this is it. I'm doomed. Right. And so there's this fear that goes along with it. Right. And they bring in these other things, you know, and, and and even if it's their own dad or mom, right, even a closer type thing, I'm like, it really doesn't have that much to do with you yeah, as you would think. So there's always a massive amount of fear associated with low back pain because there is sometimes some very debilitating below back pain. And um, so, I've yeah. I've had that. I mean, yeah, if you your have, back is, yeah. is like in spasm, yeah. it's horrible. I can't think yeah. of anything worse. So, but to assuage people of yeah. their like, you know, massive fear, right? Yeah. When they come in. So what do you do? Like, how do you talk them off the edge? And what would you say to somebody? I mean, obviously we're not able to have the same level of conversations with you right. with integrity and we shouldn't be doing that. But yeah. at the same time, like, what would you tell someone who had the Aunt Edna that looked like them that had a bad back? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and I mean, this is where you have to kind of ask some questions to kind of get into, you know, what exactly happened a little bit. And so, I mean, that's, and that's typically, you know, healthcare providers are good at this, but it's even something that a trainer could ask. So it's like, well, was there an incident, right? Like ask them that, like, did you fall down your stairs? Did you, you know, were you lifting something really heavy and something gave out, right? Like, was there an incident behind it? And if there was, right, then that's, then, you know, there's some follow-up questions. Well, then, you know, what are the symptoms behind it? But sometimes there isn't, right? Sometimes it's just what we would call an insidious onset. And that's where it's like, you know, and this gets more into pain science and what we call sensitivity model of things where it's like, you know, they'll come in and they'll be like, man, my back's killing me. You know, I, I don't, there must be something seriously wrong. Well, it's like, well, how long? Well, you know, this morning, like I had a bad night's sleep last night. And it's like, well, probably nothing really crazy happened inside your body when you were just laying there last night. But they really think, and the, and the back's kind of like that, right? It's, it's like you can't see it back there, and it seems complicated. I bet there's what's something. What's going on back there? Yeah, what's going on back there in my back? <laughs> I, bet, I bet, you know, something shifted. You know, that's kind of thing. Something shifted, right? You know, or something moved around, and it's like, no, probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, there there is just, so kind of just asking them some questions like that. You know, if there was trauma, there is some follow-up questions there that you need to be asked. But if there wasn't, you know, a lot of times it's just, it's just having some pain and that's kind of hard for people to hear, but we do know with, 
pain, like so many things can affect it, like stress, nutrition, sleep, you know, all those things can be a factor of why you feel something. And that is a lot of times what low back pain is. Yeah, that's a good point. In our last podcast, Matt and I talked about like Gray Cook and, mm-hmm. and Lee Burton and the FMS. And when we were asking Gray about, you know, movement, he said, look, I mean, he, he more downplays it than anything. It's important. But he's like, look, most people, if they just ate better, they would move better because mm-hmm. they would lose some weight. They would reduce inflammation in their body. Right. Um, and they would actually end up moving better. And so if you think about it through the lens of what you said, like, hey, there's a lot of things that cause this. Maybe if someone just cleaned up their diet and changed their posture a little bit, right? Right. It could clean up their spinal hygiene, if you will, or their po- and they would feel better. So sometimes it's not, I think, and sometimes I think there are certain facets of the medical profession that may like feed into this because it's a great, yeah, con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see that picture of Aunt Edna. Ooh, yeah. you guys do. I think yeah. you probably have this. Here's a nine month treatment plan to, to get you because you really need this. And it almost validates that pain that they're feeling. Right. 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 I don't know. I mean, that might yeah. be a touchy subject to ask yeah. you. But. It can be a little bit of a touchy subject. There is there is some other allied health care professionals and stuff like that who tend to operate a little bit more out of fear, I would say, you know, kind of telling patients some things. And that's the thing. I'm not really I don't really care what those healthcare practitioners do. It's usually it usually does help the person. Like if they're just getting a massage or something like that or an adjustment, um, it's usually not that big of a deal. But if they're, if they're feeding into that thing where like, Oh yeah, you, you're totally out of whack here and things are super crooked and you should be perfectly straight. We kind of know that those things aren't true. And so they kind of feed into this fear-based type of thing where the key to low back pain and because it is such an all encompassing thing when you have it, is to actually breed confidence into people and decrease their fears through educating them so that they can actually start moving a little bit better. And and you can get a reduction in pain just by talking to somebody basically, because you're telling them like you're reducing their fear. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In fact, I've even had a few patients and this is even people who've had like an incident, right? Maybe not a serious incident, but, you know, something where maybe they did lift something and it is a muscle kind of strain. But I mean, it's as you as you said, it can be pretty serious. And in retrospect, after they're better, they come to me and are like, you know, Joel, I was a little pissed at you that first visit because (laughs) you kind of like you didn't seem that you didn't seem that concerned. And I was like, well, and I mean, again, I probably need to work on my empathy a little bit, but it's like, well, I knew you were going to get better right? Like you were acting like it was the end of the world, but I was like, you know, in a couple of weeks here and even a little longer, like six weeks, you're probably going to be back to doing what you were. But at the time you do feel like you're going to die. I don't, I don't doubt that. Right. <laughs> and like, but I've seen it so many times that I'm like, yeah, come on, let's, you know, let's get moving. I and get stuff. I yeah, get I know yeah. it's horrible, but, and so they're just like, you were right, but come on, man. <laughs> so all right so as a coach yeah if there hasn't like if you've fallen off of a ladder yeah you probably need to yeah to do something about that but if you just slept funny it's like okay we'll try to work around it right right but yeah. uh, but we'll go from there so what about again through the lens of coaching and i'm just yeah. thinking of all the scenarios that we've run into with yeah. if or if somebody didn't have you know someone like you yeah uh, readily accessible if someone does go to a medical professional yeah so if someone goes to the doctor and the doctor tells them like, Hey, again, these are blanket statements, but we've yep. heard this come back. Like, okay, your back is bad. You need to do some stretching. Right. Of course, again, doctors aren't exercise specialists, right. so we get it. And right. I'm, not, I'm not, I mean, they're great at what fixing stuff. I get that. Right. But like do some stretching, 
no squats or deadlifts or don't lift anything over like 10 pounds for ever or for the next 10 months or something. How would you deal with that? Right. Yeah. And how would a, would a coach really be able to deal with something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the worst case scenario there would be someone who goes to see a doctor and even if it's just their GP, that's tends to be someone who isn't as skilled in diagnosing orthopedic type of things. And they just give them that blanket statement and then just, and they don't send them to a PT. It's just kind of like, just go back to your gym and don't, you move, won't be do back. Nothing. Yeah. You tell them you won't be back for several months while you stretch in and do nothing. Right. So that would be worst case scenario. So that's where as a trainer, you want to encourage him, you know, you really should go see a physical therapist in pretty much every state in the country right now. You can go see a physical therapist without a doctor's prescription, right? Just go, right? You don't need their permission to go get help. Go see a physical therapist who can kind of walk you through it. And that's kind of my, my job. And I mean, there is times where, you know, when people come in in severe pain, they are just doing a little bit of movement taking it, going for a walk, taking it easy, but there's always this plan to progress it, right? It's like, all right, you're going to do this for a couple of days. When I see you next time, then we're going to start on this and this is how it's going to go. But um, yeah, I mean, the trainer, you guys are sometimes in definitely have a tricky position there. Right. So you kind of have to evaluate exactly the advice they got and, you know, what exactly happened there. And again, try to be positive with the situation. Sure you know, have some empathy for him. Be like, yeah, I've hurt my back before and it sucks big time. But, you know, in most cases, you know, and the research shows is people do get better and kind of fully come back. Try to find someone to help you guide you through that is the key. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of times if we're honest, it's some of the people that come in and they, I'm not saying they want that mm -hmm. validation for that pain, but it's yeah. a little bit of what the psychology of it, like you talked right. about before, right? Where my back really hurts. No one understands how bad this is. This has to be the worst back pain that anyone's ever had in the history of man. Right. I shouldn't be working out. And if they are able to land on a medical professional who's like, yes, you are the worst I've ever seen. I'm going to be facetious. Yep. You know, don't work out. It's an easy reason to quit working out if maybe you're not like the emotionally strongest person right. or, you know, maybe you're looking for some validation. And, you know, so it can lead to someone just saying, yeah, no, no, no. Doctor said. You know, and, yeah. and a, a lot of it is a combo between maybe the medical professional pandering to that person. And then that also that person's overall personality and, and maybe let me say grit or toughness, but maybe a little bit of that as well. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you it's and I mean, again, I have the degrees and the authority to kind of guide them through that a little bit better. But it is like a lot of times that conversation when they first come in is like this is going to suck for a little bit, but you got to have some grit and determination you're stronger than you think you are. Like I've, we've seen this before. It's actually very, very common what you're going through, you know, and all these things and just say, you will come out on the other side of this better than you, a lot better than you think you will. You'll look back on this time and be like, oh man, that was horrible, but wow, I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought. But yeah, I mean, there is definitely some the personality of the person has a lot to do with it. Everyone. And that just goes back to yeah. the art of coaching, whether it's yeah. you or us or anyone yep. like managing expectations and yep. meeting them where they are and having some emotional intelligence around yes. it. But yeah. overwhelmingly, even if they get that message, it's our job to convince them that like complete, you know, halt of all physical activity is not the answer. That's right. not, and that's not a lifelong solution. I mean, what does that mean? Like right. you never lift anything like we yeah. were joking before about your question that you ask yeah. patients. It's like, do you have cabinets under your kitchen sink? Right, right, right. Well, then you have to deadlift or squat to get things out from under the kitchen sink. Like, yeah. no squats and deadlifts doesn't encompass not getting in your car again. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. You're going to have to do it. 
So you better figure out how to do it and do it well. Because if you don't, that's where you're going to get hurt. Right. Right. And so that is the thing is there's so many people who've had it. And even if they've had an incident of low back pain and they think that's avoidance is the answer. And I mean, I get people in who haven't worked out 10, 20, 30 years, right? Literally like because of back pain, because of back pain. Mm. Right. So it is, and they'll do a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, I'll do some, you know, I'll do some yoga, I'll do some Pilates and I do this stretching routine or something like that. I'm like, those are all awesome. And you should keep doing those. But I'm like, you have to add a strength component to it, especially as you age, especially like the demographic of, you know, the gym we have here. It's like you definitely have to be strong in those things. And usually the word that gets them is fragile, right? I'm like, you probably feel a little fragile right now. And they're usually like, ah, crap. Yeah, you're right. I do. And that's not a word that anyone no. wants to associate themselves with. Right. They feel fragile and they don't feel very durable. I'm like, and so, you know, you paint some scenarios for them. I'm like, so are you the guy that if your neighbor sees you across the street and like, hey, can you, you know, we just picked up this desk, you know, can you help me get it out of my car? You know, that you're like, ah, no, no, not me. I have low back pain, right? It's like your middle name is low back pain and use that as a freaking <laughs> excuse to get out of doing stuff all the time. Right. And so it's, hey, it's, it's like they wear that it scenario, like the label. I kind of like it. Yeah, right? I, know, I, I know. I think I'm developing a bit of a, <laughs> right. a bit of a stitch as we speak. My neighbor's like, Hey, help me out. Oh, right. Ooh, ooh. But people like label themselves with low back pain, right? Like it's just something that sticks with them. Like I have. <laughs> Everybody I, needs a tribe, Joel. Right. I know. <laughs> Who am I? I'm the bad Bad back pain tribe. <laughs> right. So they had it once. Now they feel super fragile, not very durable, and everyone knows it, right? Like, oh, well, don't, yeah, no, he can't, he can't come with us for the, on that hike because his back. So don't even ask him. So you know what I mean? And yeah, it is. But that happens to people. And when they realize that that's them, that's usually what triggers them. They're like, yeah, you know what? I do need to get a little stronger. You know like what, what, Joel? You're yeah. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes. I hate to tell you, you're <laughs> that person. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so if somebody goes, like, let's say yeah. someone has had an incident, like, right. hey, my back hurts. I fell down the stairs or, yeah. I don't know, I wrecked my bike or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they go to the doctor. Are they typically getting an image? Is it, is it a good idea to get an MRI or an x-ray? I know that we've talked yeah. about this and you're like, yeah, if you, if you slept funny, you probably didn't break a disc, right? So right. What are your thoughts on just imaging in, in general? What do yeah. we do with that info? Yeah. So, I mean, if there's been a traumatic incident, right, that tends to be where primarily imaging is most concerned. And so the two types of images most use are x-ray and MRI. X-ray only shows bone, right? So, and most orthopedic offices will do an x-ray. It doesn't matter what you have. You have a headache, we're going to do an x-ray, right? So it's, if you've had a traumatic incident, definitely get an x-ray where you think a bone might be broken. But a lot of times that's very, very rare, Right. right? So people are like, do you think I should get an x-ray? Well, what happened? Well, I was, you know, I was helping my neighbor rake leaves or I was, you know, doing something. No, probably not an x-ray. Do you think you broke a bone? No. <laughs> then don't get an x-ray. Okay. Now, the next thing people jump to is an MRI because, and the reason they do this, and I don't blame them, is like, well, let's just figure out what the frick's going on right, right now. Like, why right. are we waiting around? You know, like, let's, let's find the problem and then we'll have, we'll fix it. and then we'll Attack fix it. it. Right. Yep. And it's like. I get that, right? I call it like the Amazon Prime syndrome. It's like, let's just Amazon Prime my low back pain, right? We can never get everything overnighted. Why can't I overnight my low back pain, right? right yeah. And so it's that mentality. But what we know about getting an MRI is that most MRIs have findings, okay? And the big thing with this is the disc bulge, right? Let's talk about that briefly because that is kind of the thing people are always like. It's a very common word that everyone knows about. They know everyone at someone who's had a disc bulge. It's like, it's probably my disc. 
So what we know is most people have disc bulges, right, as they age. And people even as young as in their 20s and 30s have disc bulge. In fact, I just got an MRI report for a 16-year-old that has a disc bulge just yesterday, okay? Did he have an Aunt Edna? No, well, he might. I'll have to ask. It looks just like her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but what people don't know about disc bulges is they can be asymptomatic, right? So it's kind yes. of like it's you, so you may have a disc bulge and you've had it for 30 years, right? You got it when you were 18 or whatever, because it's just a normal part of aging and compression on your spine, but, and there will be times where you feel it a little bit, but then it just goes away, right? So the disc bulge doesn't change a lot. Changes in the back take a long time to occur, right? Whether it be bony, muscle, tissue, things like that. Unless there's an incident. If you're lifting something heavy and your one leg goes completely numb, okay, that's probably a disc bulge, right? That you should get an MRI for. And, we'll, you know, that's an incident there. But when people come to me and they're like, listen, I've had, you know, even if it's something where they have had some symptoms, right, of some things down in their legs or things like that, which is indicative of there being a little bit of nerve irritation, you know, then I'll be like, well, how long has that been going on, right? Well, it's been going on for about two weeks. Okay, so two weeks ago, you were fine? Yep, no pain, 100% no pain. And, and did anything happen during these last two weeks? Nope, just started hurting. Well, chances are your MRI looks exactly the same today as it did two weeks ago. Yeah. Like a bone spur just didn't form in there in the last two weeks. A disc bulge doesn't just form in there in just a short period of time. So the danger of doing the MRI is they go to do the MRI and in the, in the medical community has gotten a lot better at this. They go to the MRI and they see like a disc bulge and they're like, oh, there it is. That's what's causing the pain. They don't know the disc bulge was, has been there for like 10 years. Right. right. And so they're like, we need to, we need to do something about that, operate on that and blah, blah, blah. And you need to be careful and stuff like that. So that's kind of the danger, not the danger, but some of the downfalls of just hopping into getting an MRI. Yeah. And I've, I've heard this before from other right. people, you know, that are similar backgrounds to you where they'll yeah. say, look, you can see an MRI that looks hideous right. where you would say this person is paralyzed and they're asymptomatic. Yep. And you can see someone with a slight bulging disc and they're experiencing a good deal of discomfort. Yep. So the MRI isn't always an end all be all, right? I mean, it no. doesn't like it might look really bad and it's not, it might look pretty clean, it, but it hurts. Yeah. So I think it's, um, you're kind of, you can't put all of your eggs in that basket as far as like treatment, right? Yeah. And, and, and diagnoses. Yeah. And uh, the, the degenerative, uh, disc disease, right? Yep. Or these yep. bulges that I always laugh at, um, Stuart McGill said yep. like telling someone that's older that they have degenerative disc disease is like telling your mother-in-law with wrinkles that she has degenerative face disease. Right. In other words, we're all, we all have it. Like yep. it's part of living and aging. So yep. if you have a little bulge here or there, don't freak out. We all have it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And whether or not it's causing you pain is like, it might be week over week. Right. Yeah. So don't lose your, your mind. If you've got a slight disc bulge and shut down your entire functional life, right? And, qu and quit doing any of your fun activities just because of that. Right. I mean, almost every MRI report I read has some mild disc bulging in it at several different levels. And only is there something that's a big, you know, issue there on the MRI is something that we're really concerned about. But um, I mean, there is times to get an MRI, right? If you've had pain, numbness, weakness in a leg, one limb, you know, for a long time, that's unremitting, you know, that is time to get an MRI. And then just, you know, for the trainers out there, if, if someone hasn't seen a doctor, um, and you may not even ask them these type of questions, but there is red flags of low back pain, right? Like if they have pain in both legs, that's a red flag. 
most trainers won't ask this, but if they have bowel and bladder issues, <laughs> something's going on down there. <laughs> What's going on down below? Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> right. Or if somebody comes in and they just have pain at rest, that's unremitting. Like doesn't matter. I can lay there in bed. It hurts. Doesn't matter if change position, those kind of things are red flags. That you well, and usually like, and you know, I've, a lot of our clients that have been here a long time, they buy in, they've got it. They yep. might've met with you or whatever. And we have some clients that are funny and pretty fit. And we've got clients that say like, yeah, I'm really weird because like my back only hurts when I'm lying down. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm up moving around, it's fine. And other yeah. people are like, Oh, if I lie down, it's fine. But if I bend over and do this, it really, it's like, okay, everybody's a little different. Right. right? right. So in other words, take your imaging, take it with a grain of salt. We're all, yep. we all have some level of sort of degradation in our spines, but it's yep. not a kiss of death. And the, right. And then let's let, let's finish up with the treatment. So yeah. like, okay, I've got a little bit of back pain. Like, what do I do about it? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is where, um, you know, getting rid of the initial pain is important, right? Because a lot of times movement is the long-term solution, but if you're in so much pain that you can't move, there right. is, you, you do need, right. do need some help for this. And this is where it is okay to, you know, I tell people this is where the MDs and some of the pharmacological things come in, right? Like if you can't literally like, you know, people tell me like, I can't get off the toilet. I can't even bend forward to tie my shoes. That's where it's okay. You, you know, that's where you see a physician, take some medication. Take four oxys and deadlift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's no, from Dr. Quite. Joel Levy. Right, right. He's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> no, whoa, no, whoa, no. whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, health, you know, and that can be a massage. That can be some, right. like a TENS unit. That could just be some biofreeze or something like that. Heat, cold, even just starting people going for a walk. That's the initial getting rid of the pain. And it's so important. I mean, just as a, just as kind of a public service message of what we hear about now with people being addicted to painkillers, right? And the stuff I'm talking about with reducing pain isn't typically painkillers, it's anti-inflammatories, but doing conservative treatment first is the key, right? That's the, because the more conservative, you, you want to save that other stuff for when you really need it. So that's the problem a lot of times with injections, MRIs, all that stuff, right? I tell people it's like, if you jump to like, you know, I don't got time for this crap in my life. Like I'm a busy person. I just need to get it over with. Like, just give me an injection. You talk a doctor into doing that, that injection may work that time. But the next time you have low back pain and it doesn't work, you're one step closer to taking drugs that you could get addicted to. And you're one step closer to needing getting a surgery when you don't give that conservative treatment a, a chance. So little, little soapbox there. No, but, no, I yeah. like it, man. People yeah. need to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just super important. So but yeah, so as far as treatment goes, getting rid of the pain. And then what we hear a lot and let a lot of people just know in general is like, hey, I probably need to do some core strengthening, right? Uh, right. Every, yeah. every client <laughs> that comes in that's had a history of back pain says, yeah. you know, my back's sore in the past. And right. I, I know I need to strengthen my core. Right. I know so, I need to strengthen my core. You know, this well, belly We know right what they here. mean. So yeah. we're not here. <laughs> yeah, right. I got this little belly right here. This is hurting back. <laughs> right, right. But so, so what's really going on? What do you think people really mean? And what do they really need to do? Yeah. So, I mean, course, what people don't realize is your back muscles are part of your core, right? <sighs> oh, yeah. Drop the I bomb. Know, right? Right. So yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, sure, you need to have a strong stomach. And a lot of that's just getting people to contract what they already have, right? right. They actually, most people have stomach muscles. It's like, they just don't know when to utilize it. It's like, oh, let me see. Is it there? I don't know touch it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, feel it out. Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Right. And so it's like first teaching them actually how to contract their stomach. But then I tell them, it's like your back muscle, those erector spinae, these muscles called the multifidi and stuff help to compress the spine, like lock it into place. So then you have this nice 
rigid low back so that you can move around your hip, which is what you do with a deadlift and a squat. So we'll teach you how to contract your stomach. We'll teach you how to contract your back all together to create this kind of built-in girdle, right? That then helps you move like a normal human being every day. So core strengthening is kind of important, but it's, they've actually done some studies in the last couple of years where they've just basically taken like a pretty typical, what would be even like a physical therapy core strengthening protocol, like Oh, you're just going to do a couple little uh, dead bug type of things, you know, some drawing in maneuvers and stuff, stuff that isn't maybe as weight bearing. And then they compare it to just straight up exercise, which would just be like doing some lunges, doing some squats, um, you know, just kind of stuff that you do in the gym. And they actually work about the same. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's so, good news for us, right? For, for coaches. It's like, listen, if we can just keep people moving, you know, yeah. send them to someone who knows what's up like you, who's more right. progressive and right. won't just pander to their fears, right? Yep. Get some functional back up to speed so that they're pain free. And then knowing that the very things that we're doing, if done correctly, can actually work as well as some, you know, rabbit hole type of corrective exercises or whatever right. is right. really cool. Yeah. I mean, we'd like to think that our, we could get super complicated and like, have you just contract this tiny little muscle down by your belly button. And transverse abdominis. Transverse abdominis, right? And there, and I mean, but and there is a lot of practitioners who still do that, and it does help, right, who do some transverse abdominus contraction. I do some of that myself with some of my patients. Like, if I feel like they're not. right now? I can't Maybe. 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 Am I? Oh. I don't know. Am I? Oh. Okay, good. <laughs> Two more. Two more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but in general, like, if you're contracting your stomach, transverse abdominus is contracting with it. And if you're exercising, you're going to be and loading the body, you're going to be contracting things. So it's like, you're, you'll build your core that way. And so, but yeah, the key is, is decrease the pain, then what we call graded exposure to movement, right? I slowly expose people to a little bit more movement. Let's try this. Let's try this. It's almost like, how much can we make you move without waking the beast of your low back? Right. Right. It's like, don't poke, poke the bear there. And as they move, the body's like, oh, you know what? We're kind of trusting Rick again, right? Like he's moving and uh, it's not really bothering us. So I guess we need to lighten up, decrease the pain a little bit, right? That pain output actually. Mm -hmm. And so then as you move a little bit more, and that could just be going for a walk, taking you through some sit to stand kind of squatting patterns that are unloaded. The body's like, all right, we're not, we're not as threatened by Rick's back anymore. We decrease the pain. You're starting to move a little bit better. And then you're, then you'll be coming in and being like, yeah, I'm actually feeling pretty good. And that's where we start to load you. Right. And that's where we actually say like, let's really work on these patterns now that you really know and are confident that you can do it. Then we'll start adding some weight to it. And that's where you get strong. Right. And that's about the time, because if you guys were in here, anybody listening was watching Joel do, I'm air quoting physical therapy. It looks a lot like the workouts that we do. He's doing, you know, uh, single arm farmer's walks. He's doing, you know, lateral band work. I mean, it just depends on what somebody's in here for, but it, it's basically low level strength training is what it is just done appropriately for that person based on their ailment or, or their condition. So man, yeah. good talk. Like yeah. I think back pain is sort of the bottom of the ocean. Like, you know, people don't really know, but it seems like we're getting a better grasp on it. And yeah. obviously uh, love having you on cause you're here and we need to get you on more often. Yep. But to hear that message about like, keep moving, you know, keep getting stronger. Don't give up on life. I think right. it's really important for people to hear for our clients. And I hope it gives our coaches and people in the alloy family confidence in sort of what we're doing, right? The type of program yep. that we're doing and, and the fact that we've got a guy this smart, who's got this view on things 
you know, kind of right here at our disposal where we can pick his brain whenever we want. But uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah. Where can uh, where can people hear more about you? Yeah. So my website is missionmovept.com. And then I'm on Instagram, missionmovept. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. If you just Google my name, Joel Leby, it will come up on, or put it into YouTube, Joel Leby. Um, it will come up and put a lot of different information out there just on different techniques and stuff that I'm doing, different exercises and things like that to help people. Yeah, yeah I love it. The content's good. Joel's a hilarious yeah. guy, by the way, too. We didn't get to really pick his brain, but he's for the dry sense of humor ever. So appreciate you, man. We'll have yeah. you back on. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Rick. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast. If you have any questions for the host or are interested in learning more about running a successful personal training business of your own, please reach out and say hello. Connect with us at www.alloypersonaltraining.com and sign up for our free newsletter to receive additional resources.